In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for us, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
thy voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Let us pray. O God, you are prepared for those who love you, good things that surpass all understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from the first book of the Kings, chapter 19. 
Then the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. And you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of avel Melahoah, you shall appoint as prophet in your place. And it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there and found Elijah, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please, let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elijah turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. This is the word of the Lord. for today comes from the first letter according to St. Peter, chapter 3. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days 
Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he who will harm you if become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that they stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Peter saw this great catch of fish, which he received from our Lord's bidding, from our Lord's word. He saw this sign, and he knew that he was in the presence of God. He fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Much like Moses knowing that he was in the presence of God at the burning bush and was unworthy to be there. Peter knew this was the Lord. Yet this sign which he witnessed, the sign which came from the very word of Christ, was nothing compared to the sign which Peter and the whole world would see some three years later on a mountain outside Jerusalem. This one who had brought forth the great catch of fish would himself hang lifeless from a cross. And yet the cross of Christ would be a more impressive sign than the great catch of fish. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. The cross of Jesus was the sign that revealed the power and wisdom of God to the world. The cross of Jesus is the sign of God's mercy toward you. The cross of Jesus Christ is the sign that God had made peace with all people through the blood and suffering of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Many people in our world are looking for all sorts of signs, whether it's in the stars, 
or in certain relationships or whatever. They look for angels. They look for monetary success, for good health, or recovery from illness. But where in Scripture do any of these things assure you of God's presence? Faithful Job suffered great affliction and loss. Elijah, in our Old Testament, experienced the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. But none of these revealed the presence of the Lord. In the story of the rich man and Lazarus, the wealth of the rich man did not assure him of his salvation, nor was Lazarus' poverty a sign of God's eternal judgment. On this earth and in our lifetime, our Lord permits the rain to fall upon both the good and the evil. If you look to the world for signs of God's mercy and kindness, you will end up deceived, discouraged, and maybe depressed and despairing. If you look to yourself for signs of God's mercy and love, you will be deceived. The world cannot save itself. The world cannot save you. Your own flesh deceives you. You need only look to the sign that God has already given the cross of Jesus. The cross of Jesus is a powerful sign. It is through Christ's cross that God established peace with us. It is through Christ's cross and suffering that your sins are fully and completely forgiven. In your flesh you will see your weakness. You will see your doubts. In your deeds, you will experience the wrath of God, not his mercy. If you trust in your work and in yourself to be saved, salvation will escape you. You will feel like Elijah, all alone. Look at today's Gospels. The gospel, the disciples had fished all night. They had toiled. They were fishermen. They knew the waters of the Sea of Galilee. They knew it very well. That was their livelihood. And yet their skill and knowledge and strength failed them. We have caught nothing. Yet by a simple command of Christ, their nets were filled with an abundance which even the nets and the boats could barely hold. These fishermen are very much like you and me. You and I struggle in the darkness of sin and iniquity. We seek to try to please God and to please others. But the longer you and I struggle, the more we see that our net of good works is empty. And yet you know the requirements of the law, but you cannot keep it in the smallest way. You have nothing to offer God. Your nets are empty. But now comes Christ. At his command, you have been cast into the waters of your baptism. As you come up from the water, you're filled with Christ's righteousness, innocence, and blessings. 
and you stand righteous before his Father. Christ's righteousness is more than you could imagine and more than you deserve. Yet like the fish in the story, the Lord gives you Christ's righteousness in abundance. Your cup overflows with his mercy and love. In union with Christ, God the Father gives you Jesus. And he gives you Jesus' righteousness and holiness. Like the psalmist, we acknowledge that the help or the work of man is useless. But it is the Lord who tramples down our enemies. It is the same for you as it was for Elijah. The power wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the earthquake or the fire. But in the still, small voice. For you, the power is not in our government or in your wealth or in your health. For you, it is the still, small voice of a dying man who spoke from his cross, Father, forgive them. And it is finished. That voice of Jesus spoken nearly 2,000 years ago changed the world. That still, small voice. Not an earthquake, not fire, but that voice of forgiveness from the cross. His voice defeated Satan. It destroyed death and it brought forth life. Most especially that voice from the cross changed you. You are no longer a stranger before God, but a child of God. God is not a God far away, but a God who has drawn near to you. You are no longer under his wrath, but you are enwrapped or caught in the net of Christ's mercy. Where is the power in today's readings? It is not in the disciples, but in the word of God. In the still, small voice. In the cross of Jesus. So too, where is the power in your life? It is not in yourselves, but in the simple word of God, joined with the water of baptism, joined with the voice of absolution, joined with the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper. What is it that, what is that word of God which you hear? I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You heard it at your baptism. You may not remember, but you heard it. Your parents heard it. And you've heard it thousands, hundreds, thousands of times at baptisms when the child is, receives that water. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is God's word. In the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven, our Lord said to his disciples. And so when you hear that word, it is the word of God saying that your sins are forgiven. 
This is my body and my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. You will hear those words again in a few minutes. And remember, though, those are his words to you, the word of God. A still, small voice in a little village or hamlet of Sussex, Wisconsin. As Christ's word made the net full, so also his word makes baptism bring forth the fullness of his righteousness in you. It makes absolution the very voice of God, and it makes the Lord's Supper the very body and blood of Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. The area of the church where you are seated is called the nave. It's not the sanctuary, it's the sanctuary. That's the nave. It's derived from a Latin word, novice, which means boat, that uh, we are in a boat. If you look at many churches, it looks like the hull of a boat turned upside down. Why is it that the churches are built that way? There's a reason. It reminds us, it reminds you, that the church is Christ's boat and that we are in Christ's boat. As Christ called forth the fish from the Sea of Galilee into the fishermen's boats, so also by his word, he brought you forth through the waters of baptism into his body, into his church. That is, he brought you into his boat, the nave. Through his cross, our Lord sanctified the waters of baptism. With the blood and water from his side, our Lord made the waters of baptism a life-giving water, which brings death from death to life in Christ. Indeed, the cross of Jesus is a powerful sign by which your sins are forgiven and where you are given life and salvation. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. In the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit 
the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In our prayers this morning, we pray for those noted in the congregation at prayer. We do have uh, some changes and additions. Uh, we remember Emma McMiller and Evan Woodbury, who were married Friday, in our prayers. We also remember the family of Marlene Schaefer. Uh, she died last night. Um, her funeral is be tentatively scheduled for either Friday or Saturday. Um, if you're on the mail list from the congregation, a notice will be sent out uh, about the details, or you can call the church office later in the week. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son, and for the revelation of your will and grace. Implant your word in us, that with good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We humbly implore you to rule and govern your church throughout the world. Bless all those who proclaim your truth, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, and that faith in you may be strengthened love toward others increased, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached in all the world. Bless and sustain Pastor Johnson as he celebrates the 50th anniversary of his ordination into the office of the Holy Ministry. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, we give thanks for the gift of holy baptism, where you forgive sins and gather your children into your church. Bless all the baptized, especially Mary Bender, Elizabeth Bender, Talitha Schneider, Barry Worcester, and Elias Giordano, who celebrate their baptismal birthdays this week. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this state, and to all those who make, administer, and judge our laws. Grant them grace to rule according to your good pleasure for the maintenance of righteousness and for the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. According to your good pleasure, turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries so that they may cease their hostilities and walk with us in meekness and in peace. Grant wisdom and peace to our world leaders that they might secure peace for the nation of Ukraine. 
Grant courage and steadfastness, especially to those who suffer for your name's sake, that they may receive and accept their afflictions in the confidence that you will acknowledge them as your own. Comfort and sustain all those who mourn the death of loved ones, especially the families of Marlene Schaefer and Gail Grady, with the sure and certain hope of the resurrection of the dead for all those who trust in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit all who are in need. Strengthen and sustain all those who are sick, especially Walter Schmudlock, Jill Franklin, John Paul Biney, Amy Bruss, Barbara Weeding, and Josiah Berenger. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you establish marriage as a union of one man and one woman. We ask you to bless Emma and Evan as they begin their marriage together as husband and wife. Also grant your blessing upon all married couples, especially Jim and Karen Ferriking, Pastor and Beth Bender, Michael and Laura Ferguson, and Carrie and Cindy Welch, who celebrate wedding anniversaries this week, that their lives together may be blessed with wisdom, purity, self-sacrifice, and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Although we have deserved your wrath and punishment, yet we ask, O most merciful Father, not to remember the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions. Out of your unspeakable goodness and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger to body and soul, preserve us from false doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. In every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all, especially to those who believe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all godly occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, crowning them with your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. These and whatsoever other things you would have us ask of you, O God, grant for the sake of Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and grace. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful, all the, faithful the marriage feasts of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, 
he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
Please be seated. I wasn't intending to make analysis. I thought I'd better. <laughs> First, uh, regarding Marlene Schaefer's funeral, if you are on the congregation's mailing list that comes from MailChimp, you'll get a notice. You're probably getting other emails. If you've not got any emails about like, funerals or other activities, that either means you're not on the MailChimp list or you're, the mail's going to spam. If you want to find out, talk with uh, Susan Gelbach, and she can make sure you're signed up for the MailChimp so that uh, you can get the details by email if you have that available. If you don't have email, please call the office. They should know by Wednesday uh, the details of whether it's uh, Friday or Saturday for the funeral. Second thing, people have asked, why, uh, where's Pastor Christensen? His family was sick all the week, and he's been taking care of them, and we suggested that he just not come. And so I had the service, and we asked a seminarian, James Kirk, to assist. And so some of you, James has been off to college and seminary now seven years, so a lot of you don't know who he is, but uh, he's James Kirk, son of uh, Pam and Randy Kirk, and if you want to greet him on the way out, uh, feel free. The Lord be with you. Thank you. 